All right, you think that maybe testosterone treatment's going to help you with the symptoms you are experiencing, but then you find out your testosterone's fine. You still have symptoms, though. So then what? What's next? We're going to find out today. This is Who Cares About Men's Health with information, inspiration, and a different interpretation of men's health. My name is Scott. I bring the BS, the MD to my BS, urologist, Dr. John Smith. Good morning. How are you? And uh, also a guy who cares about men's health. He's become a men's health advocate, actually. It's been an amazing transformation. Mitch Sears is on the show. Hey there. All right. So the, the premise of this whole show today is a guy, you know, I mean, we hear through popular culture. I mean, the symptom list is long about all the things that testosterone can impact or could be a reason for. Why don't you list off some of those symptoms that guys, you know, come in for testosterone treatment for? What, like, give, give us that list. Yeah, so most people come in because they have a decrease in their libido or their sex drive. They have decreased energy, uh, difficulty with focus or brain fog is what a lot of folks will will call it as. Um, some people as they age too, they'll say, you know, I'm having difficulty maintaining muscle mass at the gym. Things just feel different. Uh, and that's generally what they have. And oftentimes when they come in to see me too, they've also had a friend or family member who was like, oh yeah, I, I got on testosterone and, and I feel so much better. Yeah, that was my case. Like I knew a couple of guys that got on testosterone and like their energy came back. And to me, that's a big thing. Like I feel kind of tired all the time and I'm like, oh, this is it. This is awesome. And if I get the side effect of now, all of a sudden when I go to the gym and I work out, maybe, you know, some things start happening in a better way, or maybe the muscle mass doesn't go away. That would be great. But that ended up not being my case. Sure. Does that happen to a lot of guys? It happens a lot. I mean, so a lot of people that come to me already have low testosterone from their primary care doctors. And then other folks that come in to see me, um, they may have had a friend that came in to see someone in the men's health space or whatever. And so we get new labs with them and they come in and they have a normal testosterone, like in four, five, six hundred, um, which is a normal level where a majority of people on the street are hanging out at. And right. at that point, you know, it's like, well, this isn't the cause of your, uh, you know, all of your symptoms. Uh, and so we look for other op options of like, you know, what could this be? Yeah. And I want to be sure, cause I think this is an important point. Now we've done other episodes on low testosterone and have gone into this in depth, but I think a misconception men have is, well, my testosterone's in the middle of the range. Boy, if I got it to the upper end of the range, then now we're <laughs> really going right. But that's not the case you've told us. Well, you know, there's not a lot of evidence to suggest that that's the case, that if you live at a higher level, you're necessarily going to feel better or things are going to be better. Um, obviously, I think there probably is placebo to a lot of things that, that people do in their life. And I think that there is more placebo there than not, because there's only testosterone receptors can only be stimulated to a certain point. And then beyond that, you filled up all the receptors. And, and what are you what are you stimulating after that? You just have testosterone floating around. Right. And I was right in the middle of that range, just kind of in that sweet spot. But at the time I was going to a different provider who was of the opinion, well, let's get you to the upper end of that range. And I can tell you in my experience, that didn't make a difference for me. And it actually became, became more of a hassle because now I'm doing testosterone therapy. I'm taking some other pill because as a result of my testosterone therapy, something else is happening. And I ended up just bailing on it because I wasn't seeing the benefits. And you're not alone. I, I see that happen quite a bit. Now, I think there are people who say they do feel better, uh, you know, at an upper upper limit of those ranges. But again, majority of the patients that I see who are in the normal range, supplementing testosterone is not necessarily the answer. And you may be actually missing other things that may be more beneficial for you. Now, now Mitch actually did have low testosterone. Yeah. It, did it help you? A lot. Yeah, it was kind of interesting. And it's uh, that 
I, I was constantly tired. I was having severe fatigue that just lasted forever. And uh, finally went to a um, specialist and said, hey, you know, uh, can we test this? And I sure enough, I was quite low, uh, got me on a medication and I got some energy back. Uh, I lost some weight. Things were going pretty well. But that being said, we're now, say, a year or two afterwards, and I'm my testosterone is fine, but other things are, you know, I still sometimes feel tired, and it's probably because of my sleeping habits or my lack of whatever. I, I, I no longer can blame testosterone for any of that. Right, but it did help to some extent. And yeah. And, and, and Dr. Smith, Mitch is like the frustrating, you know, case for a guy like me. He's like, it worked for him. Yeah, but I'm still experiencing the symptoms and it's not T. So let's go beyond that. So somebody has come in and you find out their testosterone is great. It's in that healthy range. What what next? How how do we address their symptoms? So I generally start with just asking some general questions. I mean, uh, some of the easy ones to ask are, you know, what's your diet and exercise routine look like? Do you snore is a big one, um, you know. What do you do for work? What things are you involved in where you may or may not be out in the sun getting, uh, you know, increases in your vitamin D, different vitamin deficiencies, things like that. Those are some of the big ones that are easy, low hanging fruit for me. Because if someone snores really bad or, you know, they're like, oh, yeah, my partner says I snore like a trucker. I'm like, you should probably get checked out for sleep apnea. Like, <laughs> you know, that's the and, and so people who have sleep apnea, they're not sleeping at night. They're not getting restful sleep. They're never getting into deep sleep, which is the, the restorative and restful sleep. And so those folks need to get in and see somebody. And a lot of times, you know, they don't want that to be the answer. Well, I'd rather just do testosterone. I'll yeah. feel better. Right. And it's like, you know, no, you're not going to feel any better unless you treat the sleep apnea. So sleep apnea could be one of the things that you run into. Like what in your practice, what do you tend to run into when it's not testosterone? So I usually run some lab work. Um, so I ask those questions and then I also get some lab work. I check people's thyroid because thyroid is another driver of metabolism and, and energy, um, kind of maintenance in the body. Uh, I'll check vitamins like vitamin D, vitamin B12, things like that, that are also known to be energy, you know, energy helping vitamins. And I find that most people who live where we live are low on vitamin D unless they're supplementing, uh, because we just don't get out enough in the sun. Our bodies can pr create vitamin D. However, you know, we supplement our food. Some of our foods are fortified um, with that as well. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, we just, if you're, if you're not out producing the vitamin D, you've got to supplement it somehow. And that can really be uh, a good vitamin to have. I think anybody that lives, you know, in our area, in our parallel should be supplementing vitamin D because you're likely low. Um, B12 is another one that can really be beneficial. I mean, you've probably seen ads for you know, different places where you can come in and get an IV with vitamins in it, or you can get your B12 shot here. Um, those do help quite a bit. And then also just looking at other things um, in that regard, and then looking at sleep apnea, looking at those things as well, checking diabetic markers, and then overall talking to people about just overall diet and exercise. If you're eating McDonald's every single day, <laughs> one meal a day, and you're not exercising, I'm going to tell you right now, your body is not going to be getting the nutrition it needs and it's going to be running in a really sluggish pace. And so some of those things of talking about diet and exercise uh, can really be beneficial for these folks. Got it. So you ask some questions, you run some tests, and then after you do those things, back to kind of the original question there, but I'm glad you expanded on that for us. What generally do you see in your practice then? Is there anything that kind of tends to stand out to be the cause more than anything else? 
Yeah. I mean, most people that I check their vitamin D, it's low. I think it's a rarity that I find somebody who's not low. Right. Uh, that would be number one. Um, and then the other things I, I do diagnose quite a bit of sleep apnea because a lot of people are like, Oh, I thought it was testosterone. And then when you're like, no, it's not testosterone. You should get that checked out. Then they're finally like, well, I don't have an excuse not to get this checked out now. And so they go and get that done. And that does a world of difference for people. Um, I do catch people's thyroid disease when they haven't seen their primary doctor. Cause as we've talked about before, men don't like to go to the doctor. And so once they get into my office, I can check some mm-hmm. of those labs uh, and really kind of drill down on that. But I think overall, a lot of the diet exercise, but another one that Mitch hit on is sleeping patterns. And that's something that I'll drill down on with people too, called sleep hygiene. When are you going to bed? What are you doing around the times you're going to bed? Are you getting restful sleep? Are you allowing yourself to get restful sleep? And a lot of people, uh, you know, will stay up uh, later than they need to. And then they've got to get up early for work. So they're going to bed at 1231 o'clock and waking up at 530 to get to work. Uh, and so you're really not giving your body adequate rest. Of course, you're tired, but they don't think about it because they've been doing it for so many years and their body just gets run down. And then, you know, maybe your diet gets a little bit less clean and, uh, and those things just really, you know, and I drill down on that with people because it makes a huge difference. Yeah, we talk about the core four, and I mean, sleep is one of them, right? You know, so what you're putting in your body for food, your diet, your exercise, your mental health and sleep, you know, is right up there. Mitch, go ahead. Well, yeah, and that's kind of like uh, recently I felt kind of tired and fatigued, and there was just a, a moment where I'm like, am I low on testosterone again? But then I checked <laughs> my sleep tracker, and I've been unable to, I've been having some insomnia episodes, et cetera. It's like, oh, okay, yep, that's... That's what's going on, not this magic, you know, hormone that's causing all of my ills. So, yeah. And I think, you know, we, we tend to understate those things because it's like, oh man, I used to pull all nighters when I was in college to get through classes and it didn't bother me. I could go out and party on Friday night with my friends or whatever, you know? And so a lot of times we like to discount those things to make them not the thing, but it's always those simple things. It's like you say, your core four and the mental health side of things is another thing. People who have high levels of anxiety and depression tend to have fatigue and have those things as well. And so getting those things treated and, and putting yourself in a good headspace can make a huge, huge difference as well. I remember when I went to uh, a doctor at one point who I said, could it be low testosterone? And he started talking about the things you started talking about. And I, I didn't want to hear it. I'm like, no, right. <laughs> you know, like in my head, I'm like, fine, whatever. And I went and found a different doctor who like I said, had a different philosophy on it. But in retrospect, those were the things that I should have been focusing on, obviously, because testosterone was not the issue. And it, it's, it was very challenging for me to be honest with myself about like, all right, I get to bed pretty early. I'm getting enough sleep. But as soon as I start really paying attention, I'm like, well, no, you're actually not. You're not getting the, what is it, seven to nine hours that they say you should have. Yeah. You know, you're not getting to bed as early as you think. Uh, maybe you're not eating as well as you think you've you've had this story you've been telling yourself that you're a person who gets out and gets activity but actually in the past couple of years that's changed quite a bit because of your job and your lifestyle right you know so you really have to kind of be honest and I, do you find men is it difficult for men to be honest with themselves about that or was that just me <laughs> no I, I think you're right on and i think you know we juxtapose your your tale of having normal testosterone and it not being the problem and now mitch had low testosterone, he felt great. But then when those other things tend to slide, you tend to have symptom return that you think is low testosterone because that's 
what you heard on the TV. That's what you heard right. from your friends, right? right? And in reality, it, it is hard to be honest with ourselves. It's like we talked about, uh, you know, when men who don't like to go to the doctor, none of us like to think that we're, you know, in any way not healthy. Um, and but when we really take stock on our lifestyle, it's like, well, what have you been eating? What have you been doing? How is your sleep? A lot of those things do play a huge role. And again, I tend to level with people and I'm very blunt, uh, which for better or for worse, um, some of my patients appreciate it, some of them not as much. Um, <laughs> but I tend to tell people, hey, I'm not, I'm not here to be your best friend and tell you that everything's going to be okay. I'm here to help you feel better. Like that's why you came here and paid your copay was so that I could help you understand what's going on that can that can better your life. And if testosterone is the answer, well, then great. But if it's not the answer, then we need to look at things that are really going to be a benefit to you. Dr. Smith, I also have the I have this question of like, I, we do know that like in my case where I did have ex lower testosterone, like outside of the normal range, one of the reasons that I started feeling better was once my hormones got to a regular level, I could go and you know, do more exercise. I right. did find myself sleeping better. And, you know, one thing after another, I was doing pretty well initially. Is there ever a point where it's kind of like, you know, we recognize that, hey, it might not be testosterone, but if someone's in the kind of lower ranges that maybe a little bit of something will help kickstart some of those life changes? Sure. And I think people who are on the low normal side of things, I've, I've erred on the side of um, just saying, hey, let's see if this helps. Let's give you a dose that puts you into the normal range. Let's say you're 350 um, and low is considered 300 or whatever. I mean, that's the that's the nice thing about uh, hormone replacement is there's no hard and fast rule of like you have to be below a certain range. Um, however, there's also the people who run fast and loose of like, hey, you're at six, 700. Let's put you at 1300. And, and I don't think that's the right answer. But I think sometimes, yeah, I've, I've given people that opportunity um, to see how it's beneficial. The difficult part then is to get somebody who can honestly assess it and say, yes, this has really been beneficial or, you know, in Scott's case where he was like, you know, I really didn't see a benefit. Um, and, and I think, you know, that's where you've got to have that open, honest conversation of how is this really going to benefit you and help you. And I've done that plenty of times. I don't think there's, that's a, a bad thing to do, but I also think getting people to actually get out and exercise because the thing I tell patients all the time is testosterone is not this magic shot, magic pill, magic cream, whatever, that's going to automatically, the second you start taking it, you're going to wake up in the morning and go, I, I need to be at the gym. <laughs> it's like, not. A hundred percent, it's not. <laughs> the, the same motivation you had to, to play video games is the same motivation you're going to have to play video games, whether you're on testosterone or not. Right. Um, you know, it's not going to change your motivation. Now, it may change your energy level where you could go to the gym and work out, but you still, and that's where all these other things come in. You know, if, if you've been in kind of a funk and you're like, you know, things have been difficult and you, you know, whatever, you've got to just get yourself to go and do those things. And a lot of times I think if people would do that, that have normal testosterone, they would notice the benefits of exercise. They would notice the benefits of a lot of those things um, that really would kind of turn things and they'd go, oh man, I feel pretty good. Yeah. I have a couple things and then I want to talk about, we've talked a lot about testosterone, you know, for people who are experiencing like energy issues, lack of energy, but let's talk about the sexual performance part of it. And, you know, what you find helps men in that aspect when testosterone is not the issue. But before we get there, I, th I think part of the other frustration is when you tell somebody or when I hear, oh, you just need to eat better or exercise more. 
Um, you know, that can take some time to start feeling the benefits of those things. And maybe those benefits come so slowly, you don't really notice them as they're coming. It's like the putting the frog in the water before it's boiling. You know, you don't notice that heat. You don't notice the, the, the changes. Do you find that to be the case? Does it take some time? Are the changes kind of so slow or do you, you, do you notice both ends of that spectrum? I get, I see both. Um, obviously the people who see the really wham, bam, um, impressions come back and they're like, man, I feel like myself again. I could play high school football again, whatever, whatever. And then you got the people who come back and they're like, I don't feel that much better, but I'm going to keep doing it because I think it's helping. And then they come back and I say, let's honestly retrospectively look at your activity level and your ability to recover from six months ago. And they go, it's much, much better. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're able to kind of, you know, objectively look back and say, yeah, this, this all, this all pans out. And so, right. yeah, I get to see both sides. But again, I think a lot of times we live in a culture now where I can turn on my television and I can watch anything I want whenever I want. I can, you know, I don't have to wait for the song on the radio that I think sucks to be gone before I can move on. I can just go to my playlist and play something that I want to listen to. I can switch. And I think, you know, we look for those quick answers and there's nothing wrong with that. I think that's the society we live in is this fast paced, um, get in, get out society. When in reality, some of these changes, they take a lot more time, um, than maybe we're, we're used to given, you know, our current, our current culture. Um, and so, yeah, I think sometimes you got to be patient with yourself and realize that, Hey, the, the little bit that you're doing now, six months down the road, if you took a picture of yourself every week at the changes in your body, as you started working out, you would go, holy cow, instead yeah. of, you know, it's kind of like that right. thing when you haven't seen somebody for a couple of years and they've lost some weight or gained some weight or whatever. And you look at him and you go, man, he looks way different than before. But if you'd have seen him every single day, you probably wouldn't have said that. Yeah. And we had an episode where we talked about reevaluating. How are you evaluating successes when you make those types of changes in your life, like nutrition and exercise? And, um, you know, it might not be now all of a sudden you got the beach body. It might be now, oh, wait, you know what? When I go in and try to do just a hang, which the internet tells me is a pretty good thing to do, you know, where you just hang on a pull up bar and kind of stretch out. I can do it twice as long as I could three months ago. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Your health and your physical ability has improved. That might not seem like much. It might not be something you're going to brag about on the internet, but you know, <laughs> it is a positive change. The right. other thing I think that's important to bring up here is that testosterone does not improve your health. I mean, in the case where Mitch, it, he was then able to exercise, um, you know, cause he decided he wanted to, and he got a plan and he stuck to it. And those hormonal changes did help him stick to it. That doesn't improve your health. Is that, is that, that, that's accurate. However, you know, we know that improving your diet and improving your activity level does improve your health, even if you don't see that. Right. And, and again, I mean, testosterone is going to help optimize your body to be able to do what it's going to do. But if right. you're not giving it the right fuel, you're not giving anything, you know, I mean, you think about it as like a car, you put a new exhaust on your car it may help some of those things, but it's not going to make the engine run any smoother and it's not going to fill the tank up with gas. It's going to, you know, give you, uh, you know, some performance, but it's not going to do what your car wasn't doing before. Right. If that makes sense. Um, and so, analogies you know, are the best, by the way, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. So I'm, I'm glad you appreciate them, but in reality, you're, you're right. Because a lot of times, you know, you, you put good food in your body and then you, you get the, you know, the, the desire to exercise and to put yourself in a good space to be healthy. You're going to see that benefit, uh, down the line. Yep. And it's just, it's those small changes and the consistency stuff we've talked about in different episodes. It doesn't have to be a major change. 
And into the time thing, I've been consistent with strength training. I have not been pushing myself super hard, um, but I've been consistent twice a week, one hour sessions for seven months. And it's finally now I'm starting to notice some of those changes. So it doesn't necessarily always happen fast. But uh, the way I keep myself going is I'm like, doing this is better for my health than not doing it. So even if I don't notice anything, I know that something's happening for the positive. So. Let's get to this other aspect of some of the symptoms some people might come in for, and that is their sexual performance. What do you notice there if you've got a guy that's got normal testosterone, but sexual performance is the concern? Yeah, so testosterone is actually not known to improve erectile quality. It will improve libido or your sex drive, your desire for um, for sex, um, but it's not noted to be this great change of erectile quality. And so a lot of men come in and they're like, I have erectile problems and I have low testosterone. Well, I look at those as two separate problems. Might the testosterone help your erections? Sure. But it might also do nothing. And so a lot of times we have those discussions with people um, and erectile dysfunction and sexual performance and those types of things. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot that kind of goes into that, but, you know, getting a general uh, idea of people's um, sexual health and those types of things is, is important. And then discussing, you know, if they have a desire to improve things, you know, whether they want to try to do that naturally, or if they want to try medications and things like that. Um, cause there's a lot of nuance there of, you know, uh, sometimes people, uh, have a, you know, have just gone through a, a rough patch or a breakup in a relationship and their confidence is, is down. And so their erectile quality is not what it, what it normally would have been. And all they need is a, a short-term use of medication to help them get their confidence back. And sometimes they have vascular issues from diabetes or heart disease. So there's a lot of nuance there and things you kind of have to parse out. But again, ask, finding someone that you can ask the right questions to um, and get the answers that you're looking for is, is what I would recommend. And as far as desire, I mean, that could be a lot of different things too. That could be the, the, a statement of the relationship with your partner. It could be mental health issues. It could come back to diet and nutrition. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, all those things factor in. I mean, life, um, you know, if you're worried about, you know, a parent that's in the hospital and, and they may pass soon, you're likely not focused on intercourse as much as you may have been right after, you know, during a newlywed period. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of those things in life, you got huge deadlines at work, you've got pressures, you've got, you know, a lot of those things play roles uh, in your desire for sexual activity at different times in your life. And I think the testosterone industry has done such a great job of saying this is the panacea, this is the pill that's going to change it all, right? And sometimes that's just not the case. So, oh, they're brilliant. And now, yeah. do I think the testosterone can be very helpful? Absolutely. I mean, listen to Mitch and yeah. listen to all the people who have low testosterone who get replacement slash supplementation and then they feel really, really good about themselves. I mean, there's, there's a reason. I mean, you've got all these people who are out there ready to go knock on doors and tell people the beauty of testosterone because it changed their life. Um, but it's not always, uh, what's, what's causing the problem. So if you're one of the guys who, um, was hoping that maybe testosterone, cause I mean, that's, and I, I, I guess I chose those words very specifically cause I was one of those guys. I was hoping that the testosterone was going to be what was going to help me with what was ailing me. But then you find out you're well within kind of the normal range, as Dr. Smith explained. You know, for the most part, research doesn't support that going above that range helps, although sometimes it might, right? I mean, that's the nuance of why you want to have a professional. Right. Just know that there are things you can do, and your doctor should start diving in a little bit more deeply as opposed to just saying, well, testosterone's fine. 
have a good day. Yeah. And if you don't exactly. have a doctor that's doing that, then you probably should find somebody because there's a, it's, it's, I think we like to, as men make things simple too, right? And it's a lot more nuanced than right. that. All right, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Mitch, what are your takeaways from this episode? Uh, it's to tell myself and remind myself that sometimes it is the simple things like diet, exercise, sleep, and mental health and not always testosterone. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't, uh, you know, know your body, find a professional that you can work with to find out where your testosterone actually is. I think mine uh, is the same that when I came in, it's just that, you know, if you go in and testosterone is the cause um, and you get on treatment, great. And if that helps you, great. But if you're just kind of right in where you need to be, just be open and honest with yourself about those other things that Dr. Smith discussed. Find a physician that you can talk through those things with, because sometimes just the process of having those conversations can really help you better understand and also be more honest with yourself. And I think know that there is hope. So like if you went to a primary care physician and they said, nope, you're good. That conversation needs to continue with either that person or someone. I think maybe that's it. That conversation needs to continue if you find yourself in that average range. Dr. Smith, do you have any last things you'd like to add? I think you nailed it. I think being open to uh, testosterone being the thing, great. And if it's not, I mean, be open to looking at those avenues that are going to give you what you want because ultimately you're there to improve the fatigue, to improve the the brain fog, to improve all whatever symptoms you're having and, you know, allowing yourself the opportunity to find a way to improve your situation is, is always there and always available and finding the right person to help work with you on that is imperative. So uh, I agree with all that completely. And I think that those are wise words to, for patients to really take in and say, Hey, you know, these are things that could change my life. And if it's not testosterone, I am willing to, you know, explore their options because sometimes that is a hard thing to hear is it's not the thing we thought it was. Right. Explore their options. And then sometimes it's also not going to be as easy as a pill. Right. You know, you, you might have to change some lifestyle stuff, which can be hard and difficult. The core four aren't a pill and they are the things that will change your <laughs> life. Right. Right. And if you need help with that, ask for that as well. It's not just don't just think that it's easy to start exercising when that's not something you've done or easy to start eating healthier when that's something you haven't done. You can ask for help for those things as well. And hit our back library. We talk about all those issues on past episodes of Who Cares About Men's Health. If you'd like to reach out and comment on this episode, have a story you'd like to share, it's easy to do so. Email us, hello at thescoperadio.com. Hello at thescoperadio.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for caring about men's health.